Welcome to the Accra Community Church Podcast. As you listen to God's word today, may it become for you fresh water for your thirsty soul, give you hope to cope, and wisdom to thrive, excel, and become everything God says you are. God bless you as you listen to today's sermon. He's risen. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. For death could not hold him captive. Amen. He is risen indeed. Let's pray. Father, we thank you so much for your faithfulness and goodness. We thank you. We thank you, Jesus, for your finished work on Calvary. We thank you, Jesus. We thank you that you died for us. We thank you that you rose again from the dead. We thank you that you ascended to heaven. We thank you that you sit at the right-hand side of the Father. In fact, you stand at his right hand and you advocate on our behalf. You are the great mediator between God and man. And we thank you for sending or leaving us the Holy Spirit who is our companion for life and for eternity. We thank you, sweet Holy Spirit, for your presence in our midst this morning. We thank you that in your presence there is fullness of joy and at your right hand there are treasures forevermore. We thank you. We thank you that you are here in our midst. May you have absolute control. May your name be glorified and may your will be done as we step into your word. May the entrance of your word bring illumination and understanding we thank you we thank you sweet holy spirit receive our worship this morning in jesus's precious name amen amen he is risen indeed amen amen uh so one of the accounts of our gospels we're very faithful in capturing was the death the resurrection and the ascension of Jesus. Amen. Uh, depending on which account you're reading, uh, if you're going through the Gospels, and that's why normally if somebody comes to Jesus afresh, we tend to recommend that they start with the book of John. Amen. We don't tell you to start from Genesis because you can get stuck once you start reading and this one begat that one and that one begat that one and, that, and it can be very, very laborious reading for a new convert. But if you start with the book of John, you get a good sense of the gospel. Amen. But this morning we are not looking at the book of John. We'll be reading from Luke chapter 4. I like St. Luke's account. Luke was a medical doctor and he was very, very detailed in his writing. John Mark writes as if he invented Twitter. He was in a hurry and tends to keep everything very brief and straight to the point and just jumps. You know, he, he probably had an ADHD of some sort and was, wasn't diagnosed. You know, so if you don't have time and you want to go through the gospel quickly, you read the book of Mark. <laughs> you know, if you want a lot more detail, you read Luke. Amen. And so in Luke chapter 4, verse 24, sorry, in Luke chapter 24, <laughs> Luke chapter 24, it begins by saying, but very early on Sunday morning, very early on Sunday morning, Saturday is past. Saturday was the Passover. Yesterday, actually, on the Jewish calendar was also Passover. Amen. So the tradition hasn't changed. Yesterday was Passover. And as you know, it was also a Sabbath. And the Jews are not allowed to do anything on a Sabbath. So even though the disciples had been anxious about their Savior who had been crucified and had been buried, there was nothing they could do on Saturday. 
So they'd been anxious and waiting. So at dawn, very early on Sunday morning, the women went to the tomb taking the spices they had prepared. They found that the stone had been rolled away from the entrance. So they went in, but they didn't find the body of the Lord Jesus. As they stood there puzzled, two men suddenly appeared to them clothed in dazzling robes. The women were terrified and bowed with their faces to the ground. Then the men asked, why are you looking among the dead for someone who is alive? Why are you looking for the living among the dead? Remember what he told you back in Galilee? That the Son of Man must be betrayed into the hands of sinful men and be crucified and that he will rise again on the third day. Amen. Verse 8. And verse 8 is very, very important. The first few words of verse 8 is, then they remembered. Amen. Then they remembered that he had said this. So they rushed back from the tomb to tell the 11 disciples and everyone else what had happened. It was Mary Magdalene, Joanna, Mary the mother of James, and several other women who told the apostles what had happened. Verse 11 is critical. But the story sounded like nonsense to the men. So they didn't believe it. However, Peter jumped up and ran to the tomb to look. Stooping, he peered in and saw the empty linen wrappings. Then he went home again, wondering what had happened. Amen. So if we were to piece all the four Gospels together, the four different accounts together, what we'll notice is that on Friday, when Jesus was crucified and he died, these women went to look for spices. In fact, he had told them several times that he would be crucified. Even when he was headed, a week before, when he, he, he was headed to Jerusalem, he told them, he, in John chapter 20, he, he, verse 17, he pulls them aside and he tells them, guys, listen, I'm going to Jerusalem. I'll be, I'll be betrayed. <laughs> I'll be tried. I'll be mocked. I'll be crucified. He, he had told them. But there is a part of us that tends to live in denial. Or, or, or maybe, maybe I'm the only one who is like that. Sometimes we can see impending death. You know, like the person has been sick for X number of years and we know every day they pray to die. But we love them so much. We, we keep believing God for a miracle. And Finally, when, when they give up the ghost, we are still struggling to accept it. I think it's just part of human, our humanness that even when in situations where death is the best option for the, for the person we love, we, we struggle to accept it. So these women had waited and waited and waited for him to actually be crucified. And then after he was crucified, then they went to look for spices. And by the time they got the spices and, and, and prepared it, it was too late. So they couldn't apply the spices on his dead body. So Jesus got buried. But, but remember in verse 8, says, then they remembered. What did they remember? A lot of the trouble these men put themselves through actually wasn't necessary. Why? Because he had told them in Bethany a few days before when this woman, this woman had poured very expensive oil on his head. He had, and, and, and the disciples had complained that she, she was wasting her perfume. He had told them in Bethany, he said, she has prepared my body for burial. Amen. 
<laughs> so he had already told them that he wouldn't need the spices. His body has already been prepared for burial. They were eyewitnesses. They saw it, but somehow it didn't seem to register. So now they go through the hustle of doing the religious, doing the, the expected, you know. And, and that's the thing. When, when you're very religious about something, it looks like a good thing. Only that sometimes you can be very religious, but, but God is not in it. Because he hasn't asked you to. His instructions are actually very different. They could have kept their money. They could have rested. They didn't have to be anxious, but they were. And they were worried. And they show up. In fact, when they were coming to the tomb, they were spending their time being very anxious about how they were going to roll away the stone. But it wasn't the burden that was theirs to bear. Too many of God's children carry burdens that are not theirs to bear. So they get there and the angels roll the stone for them. This wasn't a problem. Why were you anxious about it? We brought spices. He said, yeah, but he's not here. He's risen. Don't you remember? My favorite woman of all time, Corrie Ten Boom, said, remember in the darkness what God told you in the light. Amen. Don't you remember? Do you remember his promises to you? Do you remember? There is so much headache we carry because we don't remember his promises to us. If you spend time with him in prayer, and if you spend time in his word, in his faithfulness as a father who loves you, he will speak to you. Amen. Unlike Mary, the mother of Jesus, you're supposed to treasure his word in your heart. And when you treasure his word, when you treasure his word, what's going to happen is that life will throw you a curveball sometimes. Life will serve you lemons sometimes. And if all you see are the lemons and the curveballs and the east winds, you're going to be frustrated. You're going to be anxious. This mic wants to tempt me. Uh, Apostle, can I, can I get a different mic? You know, you're going to be worried. And it is not so much because your God is dead and you don't know what to do, but because you have forgotten his promises. Amen. I mean, I can understand the anxiety. Their Savior is dead. All these men that, thank you, thank you. All these men who heard the story of these women, and in verse 11 we read that it sounded like nonsense to them. Why did it sound like nonsense? He had told them. Jesus had told these men very clearly that when we go to Jerusalem, I'll be crucified. And on the third day, I will rise again. So why does it sound like nonsense to them? Maybe it was because they were hearing it from women. In a culture where, I mean, the Apostle Paul writes and says, women should keep quiet in the church. 
you should thank God you were born in 1970, 80, 2000 and something. Amen. There was a time when, as a woman, you didn't have a voice. In fact, you were not believed to be intelligent enough to have an opinion. And because Christ has such a sense of humor, he decided that the original bearers of the full gospel were women. Amen. And their first converts were his disciples. Amen. <laughs> so, so these women go and preach the full gospel to these men who claim to know Jesus. And they discovered they needed a savior. <laughs> Amen. So the spiritual parents of the early apostles were the women. Amen. But why did it sound like nonsense to them? Because they had forgotten. Of course, they were biased. It's a fact. You know, some of us struggle. You know, if you grow up in a world where you are taught to pay attention to, you know, to, to structures, systems, positions, titles, you know, hierarchy, you know, bigmanism. If those things are important to you, many times you miss the voice of God. Amen. If the person has to be double PhD something something, cum laude something, you know, or must have a certain kind of family name, or before you listen to them, you will miss the voice of God. Because God has a sense of humor and many times when it comes to the most important things in your life, he will use your little child to ask you, but mommy, why are you, <laughs> you know, or your, or your very annoying husband? <laughs> Amen. This morning, I want to challenge those who, like these disciples, think the gospel is nonsense. Who say they are Christian but are not sure if Jesus really died and rose from the dead. The Apostle Paul writes to the church in Rome and he says, listen. Listen, this is not a joke. This is not a joke. We live in a world where if you don't have Christ, you'll be miserable. The Apostle Paul writes and says, This letter is from Paul, a slave of Christ Jesus, chosen by God to be an apostle and sent out to preach his good news. God promised his good news long ago through his prophets in the Holy Scriptures. The good news is about his son. In, in his early life, he was born into King David's family. And he was shown to be the son of God when he was raised from the dead by the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen. And then in verse 16, he says, For I'm not ashamed of this good news about Christ. Why? Because it is the power of God at work saving everyone who believes. Amen. Everyone who believes will be saved. This is the gospel. 
Amen. And just as Jesus was raised from the dead, there are situations in our lives that if we're to commit to him, if we're to hang on to his word, that which has been humanly declared impossible will become possible because of the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead. Amen. So the apostle Paul writes, and in fact, he goes on and says, God is angry at sin. As he was in the beginning, so is he still angry at sin. The good news of the gospel is that he's made a provision to protect us from sin's impact. Amen. So if you're here and you like church, but you don't truly believe the gospel, you are missing out. You are missing out. It is the power of God unto salvation for everyone that believes. Amen. As part of that salvation package is your healing. It is your deliverance. It is your peace of mind. It is, it is you hearing from the Holy Spirit because you've been sanctified by his blood so this Holy Spirit can live within you. Amen. To be a guide for you through all the changing seasons of life. Jesus died and he rose again. There is more than enough empirical evidence to this truth. But even if we were not there 2,000 years ago, some of us in here have testimonies. <laughs> Amen. We have fantastic testimonies of his faithfulness, of the risen Lord. I don't know what you're afraid of this morning. I don't know what you're battling I don't know what people have told you. He is risen indeed. Amen. And the Bible says, if God did not withhold his only begotten son from you, won't he also freely give you all things? Amen. In verse 28 of Romans chapter 1, the apostle Paul writes and says, since they thought it foolish to acknowledge God, he abandoned them to their foolish thinking. And let them do things that should never be done. Their lives became full of every kind of wickedness, sin, greed, hate, envy, murder, quarreling, deception, malicious behavior, and gossip. They are backstabbers, haters of God, insolent, proud, and boastful. They invent new ways of sinning. Listen, there are people who are actively inventing new ways of sinning. And they disobey their parents. They refuse to understand. They break their promises. They are heartless and they have no mercy. They know God's justice requires that those who do these things deserve to die. Yet, they do them anyway. Worse yet, they encourage others to do them also. Amen. Many times, in fact, before that, he was talking about sexual perversion. Before these verses I read. He says that, you know, if, if you neglect this gift of salvation... If the resurrection of Christ means nothing to you, you end up living a life where now there's no control, is there? So you just allow your body to go where it wants to go. And anybody who has ever battled drug addiction knows that it doesn't start in a day. You know, first, all you need is a, a, you know, just one, one stick. And then after a while, one stick is not enough. So then you graduate to two, and then to three, and now you have to add other things. You have to, to, to what's the word, uh, cut it. You know, so it, it wouldn't just be, be, be marijuana. Now you have to add a bit of heroin, and then 
after a while, that too doesn't work anymore. So now you have to add a bit of crack cocaine to, to the mix, and it doesn't work anymore. And then your teeth start falling off, and you know, it starts disfiguring you, but you need more. You need more. You need more. And then you need more. And then you need more. And the Apostle Paul is saying that happens because God has abandoned you to your ways. Today the church is tolerant of so much sin because we don't want to judge anybody and we shouldn't judge anybody. But God in his word judges us. He has set a standard and he says, listen, I created you a long time ago. I know humanity. You can't save yourself. If you're educated and you're smart, you can hide your problems very well. You can be very respectable with your struggles, but you can't save yourself. But that's not good enough. But I present to you a Jesus who carried your infirmities in his body on that cross, who died for you. Some of us, the backgrounds we come from, a sound home will feel boring. You know, because how we grew up, there was always cacophony, always quarrel, always fight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you meet a peaceful person and it feels abnormal. If there's no bickering and fighting, you become restless. Some of us grew up so anxious and so worried that when there is nothing to worry about, we become worried. Because now that feels abnormal, like, you know, no, 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 there has to be something wrong. Why? Because there's nothing wrong. You know, and and we, we come with our insecurities. In 1842, John broke my heart. And now, uh, Brother William, you know, like, how, how can I guarantee that Brother William wouldn't be worse? I will be better. You have to remember his promise. Amen. Do you remember? The angel kindly looks at these women and says, do you remember? Do you remember he told you that he will die and that he will rise again on the third day? Why are you looking for the living among the dead? Do you remember he says he will be with you always? until the end of the age? Do you remember that he said, I will never leave you nor forsake you? And for those who are struggling and, and think you are defeated, do you remember that he said, when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, you shall receive power and you'll be my witnesses. Amen. To be a witness, you must have seen it or experienced it. He says, when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, you shall receive power. Amen. Dynamic dunamis power. Amen. Do you remember he told you you shall tread upon scorpions and upon serpents and upon every power of the enemy and none shall by any means hurt you? Do you remember that he said he will give you each day your daily bread? Do you remember that he said houses and riches are inherited from fathers? But a good wife or a good husband is a gift he gives. A good spouse is a gift God gives. 
You know, some of us are on Tinder, on Bumble, on Bumblebee, on... It's okay. These are just channels. As long as you remember that it is God who is the best source and best provider of a good spouse, then these things don't matter. But you have to remember. Amen. We have to remember his word. Otherwise, you hear his word and you think it's nonsense. There are many Christians who think the gospel is nonsense or parts of the Bible are nonsense. But look at the results. Look at the results. If you ever, some of you work with street kids, you know, or streets, you know, people, street, street life. The thing with growing up on the street is that you think you are the smartest person on earth. Street, people who grew up on the street, ghetto mindset, they think they are the smartest people on earth. But the question is, if you were that smart, why do you live on the street? Why is this your living condition if you were that smart? You know, why don't you have peace? Why are you restless? You know, and that's the thing with people who think they are so smart. Truly look at your life. The, the parts you show us and the part nobody sees. If you were truly that smart, would this be the submission of your life? And that's why this morning, I want to encourage you to choose the smarter way. Amen. Accept the good news. Accept the full gospel. Accept this Jesus. Hang on to him. Amen. Hang on to him. Hang on to his every promise and to his every word. When he, when he rose from the dead and appeared to the disciples, anytime he showed up, he would tell them, peace be unto you. Peace be unto you. Peace be unto you. At, three, at least three times he tells them, peace be unto you. Before he died in John 14, he said, I give you this peace. I give you this peace the world cannot give you. Money will not give you. Some of us are in careers where we are anxious to arrive. Look at your boss. Look at your boss's 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 boss. Ten years down the line, hopefully that will be you. Are they happy? Are they healthy? Are they balanced? Are they joyful? You don't want to be like that person, but you are busy. Busy cutting people's legs and compromising your values. I present to you Jesus. He is enough. Amen. Take him seriously. Hang on to his word. Hang on to his every promise. The ways of the world in the short term may appear wise, but it's not. It will cost you. It will cost you more than you want to pay. Amen. Hang on to Jesus. His sacrifice for you on that cross, let it be meaningful. Don't let it be wasted. Let it be meaningful. If they were to plant cameras in your homes and in your secret places, you know, let the evidence show that you have a relationship with Jesus. Let's pray. Jesus, we thank you for Resurrection Sunday. We thank you because all of our hope hangs on this day. Many came calling themselves the Messiah. 
and they were killed and they died. You are the only one who rose again. We thank you for rising again. We thank you for the hope we have in your resurrection because it means we too will rise with you. We thank you that even if this life is miserable and, and, and without joy and without hope, we have hope beyond this life. We thank you. We thank you for Calvary. But Father, we thank you that our salvation encompasses a whole lot more than just us going to heaven. We pray for the grace to appropriate every blessing, every promise you made to us. May we have the grace and the agency and the presence of mind and ability to maximize them. In heaven, there will be no marriages. There will be no... no. So, so here on earth, bless our marriages. Help us. For everybody believing you for a spouse, Father, I pray that you, the source of good spouses, may you open for them a door no human can shut in Jesus' name. May you bring them a spouse after your own heart. For anybody whose marriage is struggling, Prince of Peace, we call on you this morning. We breathe your peace over their home in Jesus' name. We come against every spirit of, 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 of division in Jesus' name. We come against every spirit of contention. Where there's been hurt and betrayal, we pray healing. We pray your healing, Lord. This morning, for everybody who is sick, we speak your healing power over them in Jesus' name. Because by your stripes we were healed. We bind every spirit of infirmity and we command you to lose your hold. Oh Jesus, we thank you that you are the perfect Passover lamb. The lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. We give you praise and glory in Jesus' precious name. Amen. Thank you for listening to today's sermon. If it blessed you, share it with a friend. For more information on how to fellowship with Accra Community Church, visit our website, www.accrachurch.org. God bless you.